Let's learn to live happy through the righteous ways by learning the teachings of what the Buddha says. Let's learn to collect merits and just make it last. Now it's time for the Founder Kids Podcast. Namo Buddhaya. Homage to the Blessed One. The worthy one, the supremely enlightened one, and homage to our local Swami Nuhanse as well. Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu. Namo Buddhaya. It's great to see you again, dear Dhamma friends. It's Nathalie again. It's a pleasure to meet you again, Nathalie. It's me, Binora. How are you? Good, thank you. How about you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Before we commence this episode, we just want to say the scenario that's going to be the background of this whole episode is just an acted out story. So make sure to listen to it very carefully and learn the lessons. So without further ado, let us commence this episode. Did you know that a small group of beggars came to my house just a few days ago? I gave food to the beggars as well. Uh, really? Are you all right, Nathalie? I heard from your sister that beggars came to your house. Uh, can we change the topic? I don't really want to talk about the beggars right now. Hmm, something's not right. You normally want to talk about these topics for hours. Is something wrong? Uh, can we please just change the topic? Sure, but I remember from your sister, you told me that beggars came to your house. And she also told me that you told them a lie that they didn't have any food. That wasn't a very good idea, Nathalie. You have missed a great chance to collect a lot of merit. Oh, you must have misheard. My sister must have lied to you. Not to be mean, but are you sure? Because your mom said the same thing. Maybe you just misheard it, you know? Uh, I think I know if you are telling a lie by listening to a sutta. Um, yeah, sure. No problem. I know I'm not lying, I think. Well, we'll see. Our dear Dhammer friends and I both know that you're better than this. Let's see if you will realize after this sutta how bad lying is. Right, dear Dhammer friends? So this sutta is called Bhusa Sutta, the Hay Ghost. Oh my, the Hay Ghost? So this is a story of a ghost, right? Yes, not only one ghost, but a total of four ghosts. So this is how it starts. First, a monk sees some ghosts suffering and asks one of them why they are eating excrement, saying, you are eating filthy and disgusting excrement. Why is this happening? Of what evil deeds are these the results? With this ghost, there was one ghost spreading burning hay on his head, while another hit himself on the head with an iron rod. And a third ghost was eating his own flesh and blood. Ugh, that's disgusting. Why are they eating excrement? So what did each of them do to suffer this much in the ghost world, Binwere? And how is this going to help me, huh? Well, Natalie, just wait and see. So the ghost, putting burning hay on his head, injured his mother in the human world. While the one hitting himself on the head with an iron rod was a dishonest and cunning traitor. The ghost eating his own flesh and blood stole meat and lied about it to the seller. Ah, I see. And 
what happened to the ghost who is talking to the bunte and eating filthy excrement? Oh, he said this to the bunte. For my case, in the human world, I was a very bossy housewife who ordered others around in the family, even though I was capable of giving gifts to others. I was greedy and never gave anything. When people came to my house begging for food, I hid the food and lied by swearing an oath, saying, there's no food in my house, believe me. If there is any that I have hidden, then let it turn to excrement and I will eat it. Ah, that's what happened to her. Because of her greediness and her terrible lies, she has to suffer in the ghost world eating excrement. I think I know the rest of the story. Okay, do you want to continue? Sure. Then she added, it is the result of both greed and the fact that I lied. Now, good rice turns into excrement when I'm about to eat it. All actions have a result. The results of bad deeds will not simply go away without ripening. Therefore, because of my bad deeds, I must eat and drink this filthy and disgusting excrement, full of worms. Well done, Natuli. Now do you see the danger of greed and lying? I see now. I'm very sorry for lying. I lied because I thought that our great big food stock full of delicious food would become shorter. I was greedy and selfish. I also lied to the poor beggars who didn't have any food to eat. I bet our dear Dhamma friends and I are glad you understood your mistake. But don't regret it too much. It will only make your bad karma even worse. Instead, you can ask for forgiveness from the Supreme Buddha and your parents and make sure an opportunity like this never slips through you again. Yes, I will be kind to all and never ever lie again. I promise. And let this be a great lesson to all our Dhamma friends listening. And make sure to share this sutta to all your other friends and prevent them from ending their lives into a great pit of suffering like I would have if I continued lying. Now that I've realized this mistake I have made, I will ask forgiveness from the Supreme Buddha and my family who were shocked by my greediness and selfishness and that horrid lie I told. Don't worry, I'm sure your parents and sister will forgive you, but please don't tell any more lies from now on. I won't, don't worry. You know, I just realized that I hit my fault like a bird hunter. Huh? What? Like a bird hunter? Why do you say so, Natalie? Let me make this a bit more clear. What I really meant was that it is easy to see the faults of others, but hard to see one's own faults. One swifts out the faults of others like chaff, but conceals one's own as a crafty bird hunter hides behind camouflage. Ah, uh, now I understand. This is Dhammapada verse 252, right? Indeed. And it's also known as the Mendekasitivattu. Wonderful, Netuli. I think I know the story behind it. You do? Great. I know it as well. Let's start then. This is the story of Mendaka the rich man. Once during his tour of Anga and Uttar regions, the Buddha saw in his vision that time was right for Mendaka and his family to attain Sota Pati fruition. So the Buddha went to the town of Badhya. 
It was said that he found a large number of life-size golden statues of goats in his backyard. For this reason, he was known as Mendica, the rich man. So, Mendica means goat, right? Right again! It was also said that during the time of Vipassibuddha, he had donated a monastery for Vipassibuddha and a congregation hall complete with a platform for the preachers. Binuara, would you like to continue? Oh sure, on completion of these buildings, he made offerings of alms food to Vipassibuddha and the bhikkhus for four months. Then in yet another of his past existences, when he was a rich man in Barnasi, there was a famine throughout the region. One day, they had cooked a meal just enough for the members of the family when a Pachika Buddha stood at the door for alms food. Then and there, he offered all the food. But due to his great faith and generosity, the rice pot was later found to be miraculously filled up again. So also were his granaries. Wasn't that a miracle? So then, Mendika and his family, hearing that the Buddha was coming to Bhattia, went to pay homage to him. After hearing the discourse given by the Supreme Buddha, Mendika and his family attained Sotapanna fruitation. I think it is due to their past merit collected in their past existences. Indeed, and then Mendika told the Supreme Buddha that on his way, some ascetics had spoken ill of the Supreme Buddha and tried to stop him from coming to see the Supreme Buddha. Yes, and then the Supreme Buddha then said, My disciple, it is natural for people not to see one's own faults and to exaggerate other people's faults and feelings. Right, that's when the Tathagata taught the Dhammapada verse. I will never ever be like a crafty bird hunter. Do you know what we're going to talk about now? No. What are we going to be talking about? Well, before I tell you what we are going to be talking about, I'm going to be inviting a very, very special guest for this part. Do you know who it is? Oh, I believe it's Kennelly, right? Exactly! Kennelly will be taking over this very special part. And if you haven't guessed yet, it's Jataka story time! We prepared this very special segment just for you, dear Dharma friends, so we hope you enjoy. Namo Buddhaya! Good day to you all, my dearest Dharma friends! It's Kennelly! And today, I and Binwara will be teaching you all a wonderful Jataka story. Oh, and many merits for involving me. Namo Buddhaya Kenduli. I am so glad to hear that. I am sure that you all know that a Jataka story is a story about one of the Buddha's past births, when the Buddha was a Bodhisattva. Let's see what the moral of this story is. Yes. I am sorry, Binwara, but... uh. <laughs> Could you please remind me the name of the Jataka story? Is it called the Bakka Jataka? Oh yeah, now I remember. So, let's start, shall we? Once upon a time, there was a crane who lived near a small pond full of fish. So the crane would swoop down and eat them. But then a drought occurred. The pond started to dry up. But this was great for the why was it great for the crane, Kinnelly? That's because the fish were easier to catch. Oh yeah, but the crane was never satisfied with the amount of fish he catched. Now I know this, so he devised a plan. He stood on one lake and was in deep thought. The fishes caught sight of him and asked what he was thinking about. 
Then he replied that he was thinking about them. They asked why, and he said that they will die in this drought. Then they asked what to do, and the crane said that if one by one he could carry them in his beak to a pond close by. Oh yes, but first they hesitated, but then decided to send a big fish with one blind eye. The crane took the fish into his beak and flew off to the big pond. After the big fish had seen and swam in that pond, he told the others, and they trusted the crane. So first, he took the big fish, and when they were close to the pond, the crane dropped the fish near a walnut tree to death. The crane did the same thing with every other fish. At last, there weren't any fish left. Yes, but there was a crab left. When it was his turn, he said to the crane that he was too heavy and wanted to go on the crane's neck. So the crane did so. And when they reached the varner tree, the crane tried to drop the crab down. But the crab held the crane's neck with his claw and forced him to go to the pond. The crane, fearing for his life, flew to the pond. But when they were there, the crab chopped the crane's head off. Oh yes, oh my. So the god in the walnut tree saw this all and was amazed and said that anyone who tricks someone using their cunning mind will never experience true happiness. Right. So the tree god was the bodhisattva. Well, this is another great lesson for today. Lying always leads to suffering. Many merits to Kennelly and Vinoy for telling this story in such an amazing way. I hope that all our dear Dhamma friends learned such valuable lessons from this Jatak story. Right you are. Sadly, I think it's time to end this episode now. Oh, what a shame. But it's always a pleasure to share and teach the sublime Dhamma to you all. Now, let's share merit with all the Devas and Brahmas. With our respected teacher, Most Venerable Lokuswami Nanse. With all Pinwat monks and nuns at Mahameunava and all around the world. With all our departed relatives. And with all beings in all worlds. Yes, and make sure to tune in next time. Our dearest Kalyana Mithis. May the blessings and the protection of the Triple Gems always be with everyone. Oh, and I hope that you all enjoyed our beggar skit at the beginning. Natalie... You are a natural. Yes, Natalie was a natural. Oh, thank you guys so much. You guys did spectacular too. So goodbye everyone. Teruan Saranai. Namo Buddhaya.